Lastly, Tom Osborne, that great man, doesn't deserve a national championship. This program uh, is built to accomplish a lot, and I'm looking forward to helping it get back there. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> Hey, welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. Justin here, along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Well, the 2017 college football season is officially over, with Alabama again winning the national title, this time in overtime. Tyler, you've been loving the SEC lately. What do you think of the game? First of all, I want to be one thing clear. Just because I was right doesn't mean I love the SEC. Uh, but it was a good game. Um, you know, I, I thought going into the game, it was gonna be a competitive game. It was, you know, both teams played really well. Um, but as someone who hates Alabama, you know, my heart was ripped out and I can't imagine what Georgia fans went through that game, uh, to lose a game that you're in a position to win so heavily the you know, and then let Alabama back in and then, to have the missed field goal and to make the 51-yard field goal and then to have one of the worst blown coverages that I've ever seen uh, where no one did anything right on that play um, from the corner not uh, jamming the guy at the line of scrimmage to the free safety not being out there. Um, it, it was a terrible play, terrible positioning. Um, I, I feel for Georgia in that game. It was bad. Uh, Derek, you did not... You were not a big fan of the SEC conference championship rematch in the title game. What did you think of the game? First half was one of the most boring games I think I ever watched. Oh, I hate, I hate the SEC. Second half was entertaining, though. I, you know what? And Tyler talks about that overtime win. You know what? If Alabama would get a kicker, it wouldn't even went to overtime. Yeah. You know, hey, you know, Papanostas. Was thirteen for thirteen for field goals under thirty six yards until that kick. I think pressure got to him a little bit. Well, I think the pressure did get to him. Like the from everything from they pointed out the sideline, Najee Harris comes over and talks to him. Like it seemed like it was about as long of a delay for a kick. And I just you felt it. Like just watching him line up, like there was no confidence. He's like, I'm going to miss this kick. Because that's what Alabama kickers do is miss field goals. And and it just it, – it, but it didn't cost him this time, and that sucks. Are you shocked that he is not a scholarship kicker? Really, I, I he's mean, been pretty solid all year until this game. I don't know that you can deny the guy that much. But there was a lot of pressure. I thought it was interesting. I, I kind of went to look at their scholarship distribution list, and they do have a scholarship kicker. But he's a, a freshman. Uh, but I just thought that was interesting. And maybe, just maybe, if uh, the kicker would have cost him the game, maybe uh, Saban would hand out scholarships to kickers because uh, they are valuable. Derek? Speaking of freshmen, what about the freshman coming in and saving the day to begin with? That Tua, yeah. I'm going to call him Tua Tag because I don't know how to say his last name. <laughs> You know, he yeah, went I mean, 14 that, that, for 24, 166 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. You know, Jalen Hurts struggled. I mean, it wasn't all Jalen Hurts either. Like, the offensive line didn't block where the shit for him. Wide receivers are dropping ball. It, it looked like Nebraska playing in that first half. It really did. 
Well, I mean, for people that say stars don't matter, I mean, you, you saw an example having one of the best quarterbacks and prospects in the country coming in for a second half for Leaf. Uh, definitely paid off for Alabama right there. Wasn't Jalen Hurts a pretty high recruited quarterback too, though? There's a four-star, I believe. He wasn't yeah, a five-star, not like uh, this guy. Well, but, and then the fact that their leading rusher was a true freshman, the number one running back in the country, and their their top receiver was a freshman. I mean, he's I mean, a five-star. That Judy like, was a five-star, too. I mean, that's what Alabama does. They, they, they're they full of five-stars, and the, the couple that don't work out, they replace them with other five-stars. I mean, they right now, they have the best coach in college football, which all we can hope is that he takes the, the Giants' job to give – college football back and make it competitive again uh it, it's just it, it's a joke um you know it, he he gets every break it seems like in every game I thought the refs were partial to Alabama he gets the breaks and not having to play in a conference championship game it's it just the guy he just seems to get the breaks and he's great I'm not gonna hold it against Saban but he, he he's figured out the Rubik's Cube I mean he's he's mastered the art of being a college football coach at this point, and I hope to God he goes to the NFL. <laughs> he, he's still I a douche, and for that first three quarters of the game, I have to tell you, I just loved watching him throwing fits on the sideline. He looked like Bo Pelini on the sideline there for the first three quarters, jumping around and yelling and screaming and throwing his uh, headset down, and he just... That guy throws more fits than any coach I think I've ever seen. He's just always throwing a fit, it seems like. Well, if his gamble wouldn't have uh, paid off with the freshman saving his ass there in overtime, he would have looked like a dumbass by replacing Jalen Hurts. But it, it paid off. Everybody thinks he's a genius now, except Derek. Derek <laughs> will never say anything good about him, but that's okay. Hey, uh, With a red-hot passion. So, Alabama, they win the national title. Uh, the AP poll, the final AP poll is released. Uh, UCF, they receive four first place votes. Uh, they end the poll at sixth place. Derek, is this fair? Probably. I don't know if they really probably deserve four first place votes, to be honest with you. I know Sam McEwen was one of them that uh, voted for him, and I think he probably just wasted his first place vote. Uh, sixth place, I don't know, it might be a little low. I really didn't like the fact that all four playoff teams happened to stay in the top four. I didn't think that was necessary. Uh, I think I think the thing that bothered me probably the most, the two things that probably bothered me the most about the whole top 25 was where USC only dropped like three spots after getting shellacked by uh, Ohio State. And then uh, Stanford staying in the top 25 with five losses. You know, there was uh, Troy finished 11-2, and Florida Atlantic finished 11-3, and Army finished 10-3. and They should have been there in the top 25 over Stanford. Stanford didn't deserve to be in top 25 with five losses. Tyler, what did you think of the AP poll? You know, I, I'm usually fairly critical of it, um, but I actually thought they got it pretty right. I mean, I agree with Derek Stanford saying it was kind of, you know, head – shaking but um i think they did a pretty good job i like their top 10 um ucf you know i i was doing my own and i i was going back and forth i thought the top three was exactly how i had it i did have clemson number four i had ucf five ohio state six 
But like when I was going down writing before I saw it, I could have went any which direction on four through six. Um, I thought they were all fairly interchangeable. Um, and, and again, at the end of the day, I thought that that was a pretty a pretty good job actually by the AP. I think they got it fairly right at the end of the year. Dirk, you are nuts if you think Clemson should stay in the top four. The way they played against Clemson, against Alabama in that game, they they obviously proved they weren't a top five team to me. No, I mean I think that I think that game got away from them in a lot of aspects. I mean, if you look at the season, the fact that they, you know, what they accomplished in beating Miami, they beat Auburn, um, two teams that were in the top ten at the end of the year. Uh, I think the ACC was probably you know the fourth best conference, so not the greatest, but yeah, I think they, what they accomplished in the regular season uh, in the tougher division. Um, I, I, I really think that they, you look at them and say, okay, they probably deserve to be where they were. Tyler, you said you were okay with the top 10. Were you really okay with Auburn still remaining in the top 10 at number 10? I mean, I, I, my, my, here's my thing is if you look at a bowl game, how far do you drop these teams? If you look at a bowl saying, okay, the, hypothetically the sixth and seventh team are playing or seventh and eighth team are playing. Why are you going to drop a team so much for losing to a quality team by a touchdown nonetheless? So if I was going to say that Auburn did not deserve to be a top 10 team at this point by losing by one touchdown in the UCF in a very competitive game and beating the top two teams, then I'm really saying that UCF shouldn't be a top 10 team because that that's the only way it makes sense. I think the bulls, you shouldn't drop that much for losing a competitive bowl game. Um, I, 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 that's just my stance. I think that they should be, they're an exhibition game at the end of the year, that it should be a two to three spot drop from where you were. Derek, what do you think? So maybe they think? should have dropped out of the top 10 before the bowl season. Auburn should not be a top 10 team. I absolutely. Uh, okay. Then, it, then if you don't think Auburn should be a top 10 team, then how do you debate UCF being a top six team? Because their best victory, without question, is Auburn. So if you're going to say True, that Auburn's but not a they're quality win, and oh, Auburn has four losses. They, they, they beat Helen Keller University. I mean, let's be honest. This UCF team, like, look, I love Scott Frost what he's done, but most of their victories are against schools that if Nebraska was playing this year, you think we beat them by fifty. I mean, that that was half their schedule. So let let's stop romanticizing the schedule, saying that yeah, they went thirteen and zero. Well, God. Geez, I sure hope so. I mean, if you're going to be a top ten team, so, so I that hope Auburn you beat the school for the blind. I mean, Auburn's I think still it a does, top twenty-five I, team. I agree, but if you're not going to say they're a top ten team, I don't know how where they're how you wouldn't. If you think UCF is a top five or six team, I don't know how you say that's possible without Auburn being at least the top ten. It, maybe top twelve. Okay, maybe they are they're eleventh, but but I just don't know why people are downgrading Auburn so much. Besides the fact that they lost UCF and that they're using that against Auburn, where the fact that, in my opinion, they played competitive against UCF is a credit to Auburn. A team that they were supposed to beat by almost two touchdowns. Fair enough. That's where the, the Vegas got that one wrong. But my point is, is that if, if you think that the fact that Auburn lost to UCF should downgrade them that much, then you must not have UCF in that high of regard. All right, so we've said some good things about UCF. Uh, let's uh, let's keep it with UCF and talk about them blocking the transfer of Noah Vedral, quarterback to uh, Nebraska. 
Uh, Tyler, do you have a problem with UCF blocking in this regard? Yes, I, I, I hate when schools do this. Um, you know, I, I try to at times tell myself I understand when they try to block interconference, but I really don't. Like, if they're, the kids are going to transfer, they're going to already have to sit out. They're going to have to do the NCAA rules. Let the kids go where they want to go. Um, I, I just think whenever a school does this, it, it is classless. And this this situation seemed very, very anti-Nebraska. And I, I frankly kind of understand why UCF has a little bit of beef with uh, Nebraska right now. So, But I, it's petty. I think it's ridiculous. Derek, what do you think? It's not a surprise. UCF has been bashing Nebraska since we stole Scott Frost from the get-go. At one point, they said our state was full of racist people. I mean... Come on. And this was... The fans were saying it. The school was not saying it. Danny White, the athletic director of UCF, well, it was wasn't, not saying it. I get it. I get it. But let's not let's not treat UCF as the, the class of the world because they're not. They, I mean, the fans are not that great. The, the few thousand that showed up for the games. I mean, I don't know. I think we've been given a little bit too much credit. I don't. I, now the school's done everything they can to try and shun Scott Frost, I think, at this point. I think they've, they're disappointed they lost him, and they're just trying to do everything they can to get back at him. Tyler? Let me, let me play devil's advocate. Well, I, I admit it's ridiculous. Could you see there be a possible scenario with UCF being concerned that Scott Frost is going to take, like, half that roster with him? Um, and maybe that's part of the reason why they're blocking the scholarship transfers out of the fear that how? There's going to be a lot of kids that with are going to go. With scholarship limits, there's no way he's taking too many. He could, t- he could cut players. I mean, Michigan does it that all the time. They tell seniors and juniors, yeah, peace out. We don't need you. I mean, Frost could do that in Nebraska. I don't see Frost doing that in any scenario. I don't either. I, I'm, just, I'm just playing. I agree. I think this is ridiculous. I think if UCF honestly believes that Scott Frost would do that, then they really didn't believe in his character as well as they said they did to begin with well it's not only that but it's the players wanting to follow the coach and yes. if they can if they can follow him to nebraska you know and the, everybody wants to play for scott frost he's a player's coach people want to play for him and so i imagine there's a lot of players at ucf that want to follow scott frost but they may not be good enough to follow him but UCF, they have to protect their own school. They have to protect their program. And so I understand. Uh, blocking this, you know, it's is it petty? Maybe, but they're doing it for the health of their program. Maybe. I, I think I think Vedral probably should have been coming to Nebraska in the first place. I, he, he's, I think he's better than what 24-7 gives him credit for. The kid had 4,500 passing yards and 2,200 rushing yards and had 42 passing touchdowns and 35 rushing touchdowns and his whole half of his family played for nebraska his dad was a tight end in the early 90s his uncle's john was uh john was a wing back back in the mid 90s i think most of us probably remember him and playing wing back in the national championship games uh, his uncle mark vedrol was also a linebacker in the late 90s early 2000s and let's not forget about his other uh, uncle, Uncle Matt Terman, the old Terminator. Nice. 
I mean, again, the yeah. kids' families from Nebraska, you know, they've played in Nebraska. I mean, I'd like to have seen him come here to begin with. I think it's cool to see him come back. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, Tyler, any final thoughts on? You, you know, I'm with Derek. It, it's awesome to see him come back. I, I don't know if I'm as high on him thinking he should have been here all along, but, you know, I think for a walk-on position, I think good, you know, great for him. I mean, maybe he turns out to be a good prospect for us. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of competition now in that quarterback room. Um, you know, he's going to be sitting out this year and, you know, that's not going to be a play, but you look at two, three years down the road, especially if no one else transfers. Um, and the fact that Frost is still recruiting quarterbacks, I, I mean, there's gonna be a lot of competition in that room. Well, let's not forget the only reason there's a walk on is because UCF, uh, blocked his transfer. Other than that, True. he would have transferred as a, as a scholarship player. That would have been a different debate. Well, I mean, do you do you see him actually receiving a scholarship next year? Yes. No. You nope. do. I, yes. I, I, I think I think he's going to be buried on the depth chart at quarterback. I, I would be shocked if he makes top three. But again, maybe he's a diamond in the rough. And, the, and right now, you know, Frost, the one thing that I do is I trust – Frost's ability to evaluate talent and you know maybe this guy is going to be really good and maybe he is going to evolve but you just look at that quarterback room I just I think from a quarterback roster standpoint it's hard to imagine having more than four scholarship quarterbacks on the roster at once I don't think that he will end up being one of them I, I think Scott Frost obviously sees something in the guy he jumped two other quarterbacks to be second string quarterback as a true freshman Two higher-rated quarterbacks at that. Well, we'll see how that plays out throughout the spring. What, what do you think, Justin? You think he'll be on scholarship next year? Mister, ask the question and then dodge it. I, I don't see him being a scholarship guy. If, if he wasn't, if he wasn't going to transfer as a scholarship player, why, why would uh, UCF had to even try to block his transfer? If he was going to come as a walk-on, he didn't need to go through them for the transfer anyway. I, I don't think UCF in, envisioned him uh, you know, coming as a, as a walk-on. I think that that, that that was their way of thinking that wasn't a scenario. Now, if Frost would have given him a scholarship, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where Frost thinks this roster is going. And at this point, you think... I would think that Frost knows some of these players that he doesn't see sustaining and where this recruiting class is. It's obvious that Frost is still wants to bring in another quarterback in this class. Um, I, I think that he got a break by getting a borderline scholarship quarterback, um, you know, for essentially for free without having to give up a number. And it could work out. I mean, and again, maybe next year it does. Maybe the scholar, we have an empty scholarship next year, and maybe he, they give it to him. I, I just, we'll see. Yeah. All right, let's get to this, uh, the current playoff system. Uh, we've got the pros and cons of a four-team playoff. Uh, Derek, I know that you're not a big fan of the four-team playoff. Uh, tell us why. First off, and I've said this from the get-go, the reason the four-team playoff is wrong is because you have a committee picking the players. This is like going back to prior to the BCS, where you had people picking who was playing for a national title. It shouldn't be this way. I mean, 
you need to have a tournament to, to decide who is playing. Let them decide it on the field instead of a committee saying these are the four best teams. I, I don't like you, Even if you were going to have a four-team playoff, they should have at least kept the BCS system in place where the computers would have picked the top four teams rather than a committee of human people that are going to, regardless of bias to an extent, whether they like to admit it or not. You'd still need a committee to do the seedings for that playoff. You're not going to get away from the... Why why wouldn't the BCS be able to go one through four just like they did before? Using the computers to do the seedings. They ranked them one through 25 just just like people do. So you still okay. have one, two, three, and four. That would be your seating. Why, why would you need committee to seat them? Okay. Well, I, I, I will say, I, you know, the one thing I will, um, you, you know, defend um, in, that, in that aspect of that, it wasn't just the computers that did the BCS. That was one-third of the equation. I never liked the coaches' poll being part of the BCS. I think in the last 10 years, the coaches' poll has become very political, and maybe it's always been that way, um, but but I think it's been very political. I, I I'm not against the having a computer element to the committee to do it, but I will tell you is for all the people that thinks that that's going to fix it, it wouldn't because. And, and I'm going to butcher the the number, but if the BCS was in this year, the same process, it would have been the same four teams, and UCF would have been ranked lower than they were this year. So the BC that that computer system wasn't isn't going to fix the problem. I think the problem with the college football committee is it, it, put, it there's a lot of preconceived notions in this. And and a great example of this, it, it didn't turn out this way, but the Pac-12 turned out to be a really bad conference this year. If USC would have been merged with a one-loss record, they may have made the playoffs, and they nowhere deserved it. I, th- I think where the committee needs to go is to an 18 playoff, let the five conferences battle it out and give three wild card spots. That's where it needs to go. I agree. I, I could even go to a six-team playoff and give the first, give the top two seeds a bye week, and be okay with that. Because I know a lot of the a lot of the problem people have with the eight-team playoff is you're going to get some two and three lost teams in there every once in a while that don't deserve a shot at the national title. I tend to disagree. I don't think you can. I think we've got to get past this. You have to go undefeated or have one loss to win a national title. I, I, I think so, it's closed-minded to think that way anymore. It's not the way a tournament works. Well, so I, I know Justin's just dying to get in here, but let me just say this. Nick Saban has had one undefeated season. He has five national championships. You know, a lot of people are saying that Alabama did not deserve to be in there. They won. Like, for the people that say the committee got it wrong. True. It was they, the same they, they thing won. in twenty four. It was the same thing in twenty fourteen when Ohio State got put in it, and everyone said 100%. they didn't deserve it. They won it. They, they got it right. My, my problem with the sixteen playoff is I don't think, I, from a scheduling standpoint alone, I don't know how you make that work without those bye weeks becoming super advantageous for those two top seeds. Well, absolutely. Uh, and and so I think you got to keep it an even playing field. And, and as far as a two- or three-team loss goes, if they're not going to win, then it doesn't matter. I exactly. Mean, I, let them in. Let that's, those that's, two, that's, three that's wild my whole cards thought. in. That's my whole thought, exactly. Is if, if you're, you shouldn't even be concerned about these two- or three-loss teams. If they don't deserve to be in there, they're not going to win it. So what are your, what's your big concern? 
If, well, if anything, if they do win it, then it looks like a Cinderella team won it. And ever, who doesn't like to watch a Cinderella team win? I just love college football because regular season means something. It truly does. Uh, but if you if you expand it to eight teams, that regular season is going to mean less and less. Allowing two or three team two lost two or three lost teams the chance to play for a playoff. All it does is it just waters down the playoff field. It just waters it down. Well, if, you, uh, if, you, if you're going to keep it at 14 playoff, you just will get rid of the conference title games because the committee has shown absolutely 100% that it doesn't mean a damn thing to win your conference title game. Well, it's it, true. true. Here, here is my problem with college football right now is that the SEC, for example, they have they play eight conference games. And their non-conference schedules are mostly a joke. And, and, and I'm fine with that. If the SEC wants to do that, that's fine. What bothers me is that the committee doesn't stand up and say, you know what, guys, that's not okay. Yeah, Vanderbilt's not that good a team, but Bama, it's better if you play Vanderbilt than some team from the Conference USA. Like, Vanderbilt would beat. Almost, you know, talk about US, U, UCF, and and again, I think they had a great team this year. And but the real the reality is, Kentucky goes to that conference, and they're probably a top two or three team in that conference. I mean, like that that means something more if you play nine conference games in a Power Five conference. And the SEC doesn't do it, and there's no repercussions. But Justin, to your point that it waters it down, I heard the same argument about when we were going to a four team playoff. And I will tell you, I don't think it's watered down at all. I think all you're gonna, I think if you would look at the playoff this year, if, if you did eight team format, that you would be looking at the, the five conference winners, Alabama, Wisconsin, probably Wisconsin, and Auburn and UCF, all I get and Miami arguing in there. I think there's all those teams are quality, except maybe the Pac-12 champion, which would end up being a joke, but. I think it ends up being a still pretty competitive season with losses matter. Let me ask you this. If you are the number one team overall, you're an undefeated team. Why should you have to prove your worth having to play like a two or three loss team that's sitting in that eight slot? Why should you have to play that extra game just to prove you're already have shown throughout the regular season that you're a national title contender? Why should this joke be out there filling in the eight slot with three losses who couldn't get it done? Why should he have a chance to knock off the number one team? And then you have all of that, and then you have the attrition. You have an extra game in there, and so by the time you get to the championship game, it becomes a game of not so much of the best 22 on bet on 22. It's who is the who's the healthiest at the very end. That's who you're that's that's what the championship game becomes. I don't I don't like that. You know what? Regular it's it's, it's, it's worked for every other division of football to include the NFL Division Two, FCS. Every other division has a real playoff, except for the one that makes all the bulls to make their money. Well, first I, off, I will say. Se- second off, if Alabama would have finished at, at number one, or if Wisconsin would have ended up undefeated and finished in the top four. There, there's your reason right there why they should have to prove it. Because neither one of them played a damn – like, especially Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin didn't play anybody worth a crap all year long until the 
They played Ohio State in the conference title game. Well, Alabama didn't play anybody good until they played Auburn at the last game of the season and lost it. So what's the big deal if one of those top four teams has to actually prove that they can beat a top team? I'm talking about the number one overall seed. Usually, in most years, that number one seed is going to be undefeated. But Really? But I don't think we've had an undefeated number one seed hardly since we've started this thing. I, I'd have to look. I, I'm pretty I, sure I don't we've think had we have one I, I, team there every year. I, I will say, Justin, your your argument about a battle of attrition is, is probably accurate. I think that puts more emphasis um, and gives actually a bigger advantage to schools like Alabama that can recruit such big rosters, and it hurts it because now you're going to be playing one extra bowl, one more chance for an injury. Depth becomes more important. But at the end of the day, I think this is where college football needs to go. And, and from a financial aspect, it just makes sense. Right now, there are so many meaningless bowl games that I, I, I've never been one to cut back on bowls because if you don't want to watch them, don't watch them. But you look at like games like Ohio State against USC, and you look at UCF versus Auburn. At the end of the day, wouldn't that have been better if the same playoff happened today? And I get the reseeding would happen, but now all of a sudden you had UCF make it to the next round in Ohio State in Alabama, in Georgia, and there were four more games, wouldn't that have been, wouldn't you have been just licking your lips like, that's going to be awesome after that first round of Bulls? If that would have been December 16th, that, that those four games that we saw today, or whatever time frame they would do, December 21st, and all of a sudden, now January 1st, the winners of those match up, you gotta, you got to be kidding me. You would be licking your lips thinking how excited it would be. Yes, maybe it makes it the a random regular season game a little bit less, but still only eight of 129 teams make the tournament. That That's the, one of the lowest percentages you have. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. I, I think it would be such a better viewing experience for the viewers if you went to eight teams. Derek? Well, let's not forget that the fans that are watching all these games like we are are fans that like to watch football and they're going to watch the regular season just the same. They're not, they're, these people aren't going to go, Oh, well I'll just see what they do in the playoffs. I don't care what they do in the regular season. Who's going to do that. Are you going to quit watching games, Justin? Just because. Uh, no. Well, exactly. No. And, my, and most fans are not going to. So I don't think it waters it down at all myself. I, I you're not going to change my mind. I, I don't, I just don't like the fact that a because you're stuck you in know, that old mindset that somebody that's undefeated or one loss has to be the national champion. No, so but, let me ask you this, Justin. Justin, do you like the four team playoff? Yeah, I love the four team playoff. The four team playoff is right. That is exactly where it needs to be. I, I, I and, and I would, I would go down an argument path and say we can stay at four teams, but if they're going to do that, they need to start legislating college football like they do the NFL, like. Yes, every conference needs to play the same conference games. There needs to be some sort of attempt to even out non-conference games because, you know, Colin Coward calls Iowa the fake ID of college football because their big non-conference game is ever Iowa State. And God forbid the day that Iowa it would ever become relevant actually in college football. But it's a joke that schools like that can do that and Alabama never has to play a tough road non-conference game 
And, and there's just so many examples in schools like, you know, Stanford usually gets screwed because they usually have a tough non-conference game and they get Notre Dame. Um, I, I just, I, I think that they need to even it out. If they're going to keep it at four teams, it needs to become more apples to apples if you're going to start being that regulative. But like I said, I think 10 years from now, eight years from now, we're uh, we're 18 playoff. There's also a category that fits in the pro and con column. Uh, not all conferences will be represented in a four-team playoff. That's bad because not all conferences will be represented, but it's also good because it goes back to what I was saying in the beginning. The regular season means something. If, if you want to be in there at the end, you have to have, you, you have to be show consistency throughout the season. It can't be just because you won a conference championship, you know, in, with, and you may have three or four losses. Well, that goes I, back, I don't like that. That goes back to my point where if the conference championship doesn't matter, then get rid of it. It's just an extra okay. game that means nothing. It, it's, 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 an elim, it's an eliminator game is it's what not, it is. Though. But it should be. No, no, no. It, it is. It is an eliminator game. It is definitely an eliminator game because if you lose the conference you're championship, out. you're out. You're done. Okay, but so that it is does nothing if you win it. It doesn't mean garbage if you win it. No, but it means something if you lose it. AKA yes. Auburn. Auburn would have been in, but they lost the conference championship. Wisconsin would have been in, and in, but they, they lost. lost the conference. It, and so there's a lot of examples, but the, the, the question I have for you guys is what does the college football landscape look like for these group of five teams? Because you, we've sat here and spent a lot of time the last month talking about UCF. And should they have been in? Where should they rank? Where do they go? What needs to happen or what should happen in your guys' minds for a group of five team get invited to the dance? <laughs> I've always... You know, uh, I've toyed with the idea that the group of five should just have their own little playoff. That's it. They will not get invited to the big dance. They're just not going to. The The playoff committee, they refuse to move them up. They're not going to. And so I think with uh, what Sam McEwen and those other three sports writers were doing by naming UCF as number one, they were just kind of toying with the system. They were mocking the system because the playoff committee wouldn't put them in. Derek? In my opinion, the only way that's going to happen is if you do go to an 18 playoff or even maybe a 16 playoff. But you're going to have to expand the playoffs. As long as we have a 14 playoff, you're never going to see a group of five team in there. And if anything was ever proven of that, it was this year with UCF. Unless UCF that's ends up going undefeated for like the next two or three years, then maybe they'd get a shot at getting in there. But even then, I don't see it happening. So the only other option, the only other option for me is if you're going to keep a fourteen playoff, is just do a subdivision and change and make them be like a division one double A type of. I know it's not one double A, but I mean, have another division. I mean, and just have the Power I, Five as their own as their own as their own division. And if you're going to do that, I think you do need to make the rule that you play in your own division. They, they get rid of these garbage games against the group of five conferences you play all power five not all the power five conference games Derek, Derek I will I will slightly disagree with you in the sense that I don't know if it would have made a difference but you know if you look back at last year with Houston 
And if you remember last year, Houston beat Louisville, which ended up having a really good year with Lamar Jackson. And uh, they ended up losing the game and not going undefeated. So it became a moot point. But if Houston would have been this year, or UCF would have played a team like Louisville this year in the regular season, which would probably have been a Michigan State or, um, you know, Washington, and they would have beaten that team um, you know, and went undefeated at the same time, they may have had a chance to get it. The problem with UCF this year, that this was not a good example because this UCF team beat Maryland, who didn't even go to a bowl. That was their biggest victory. And they were supposed to play Georgia Tech and no fault of their own. That game got canceled. And not that that would have changed a lot, but had they beaten Georgia Tech, which I think they would have, that would have probably got them up a couple more points in the polls. Um, I, I just I think it's possible for a group of five team to make the final four. Uh, there needs to be a lot of chaos like this year. Um, and they, they, they've got to get that big upset in the offseason. They, they got to be the top 15 team in a power five conference. And that's that's the formula for there to be a shot. And you are actually part of the problem of why these group of five schools can't get any <laughs> respect. Because you don't give them credit for beating Memphis twice, I believe, this year, and beating a South mm-hmm. Florida, who are top 25 teams. These aren't crap teams. They were top 25 teams. Did, did, did Memphis lose to Iowa State in the bowl game? By one point. Am I making that up? They also lost to UCF lose? twice. I know, but did Memphis end up losing in a bowl game to Iowa State? Who yeah, and the, was there, was a, okay? there, was a, there was another bad thing about the final polls is Memphis stayed in the top 25 while Iowa State stayed out. Which was ridiculous. Yeah, it was. And and, and, get, and I, I get Memphis is probably a decent team, but I think Memphis and you, I think there are a few good teams in all these power fives. And I think if you look at the last few years of college football, it, it shows these group of fives, there's one or two good teams. But that's it, and, and maybe they should be a subdivision. I, I just think. But the but the problem like is, the is, is is this year Central Florida played all the really good group of five teams because all the really good group of five teams were in the AAC. Well, did, but did, but did, do we have an argument, or and maybe not on the podcast about Toledo? And I sat here saying, well, I don't really think Toledo's that good, and you guys were like, well, Toledo's awesome, and did they just get blown well, out I mean, against? Like, no, Helen Keller University. I already used that joke. I think they finished eleven and three, or it was either eleven and three or ten and three. I can't remember for sure, but I mean, they still had a pretty good year. Did they lose their bowl game? I don't remember. Pretty badly. <laughs> nobody I, I, pays attention to those those bowls. <laughs> nobody watches those. That bowl came on during the daytime. They, anyway. lost, they lost to Appalachian State. In their bowl game. Well, for the record. Shit. Oh, well. <laughs> eight-team playoff. You're right. It, it'll probably go to an eight-team playoff. But, um, and will I watch? Hell yeah, I'm going to watch. I mean, I could watch a perpetual playoff. You know, every, every week, just winners keep on advancing. You know, just perpetually, all year round. But realistically, you know, it's not going to happen. I still like the four-team playoff. I hate it. Uh, I think I'm in a minority. I'm in a minority here, I guess. Well, well I, I think you are as far as even I'm, national perception goes. 
it seems like to me the whole national perception is going that they need to expand the playoffs. You're one of the few I'm hearing for them to keep the fourteen playoff. I will say, Derek, I, 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 well, Justin, you are in the minority. I think eighteen playoff, but I don't hate the fourteen playoff. I think the four playoff team playoff is fine. I just think an eighteen playoff would be better. I, 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 I just think I, I have said I, I this since. Better, I think it's just better. I, I've said this since day one. When they went to the fourteen playoff, it was a step in the right direction over just playing a national championship game. It was a step in the right direction. But it wasn't the final product, and it shouldn't have been the final product. They needed to expand, and I think they're like they're seeing. They're, I think this year is proving why they need to expand. Noted. All right, before we get out of here, we need to mention the results of our bowl pick'em contest on ESPN. If you finished first, say I. I. Who won the tiebreaker? <laughs> you both couldn't have won. I don't know. I couldn't figure out how that tiebreaker oh, was working. But there, there are four. Well, who, there who, are four what were people. you guys' score predictions? Hey, I'll, ESPN just had it as a four-way tie for first place. So congrats to Douglas Bubble Trousers and OP Sixes for hanging with two of the cousins. Uh, big thanks to all those that participated. We'll get another shot at March Madness. Right around the corner, uh, you'll have another shot at beating Derek because he finishes in the bottom of that one. Also, I just I just win regular season. That's all I do. That's what I aim for. Oh, After that I quit. Cool. I give up. So now the regular season means something to you. <laughs> <laughs> I never said it didn't. <laughs> all right, let's get out of here, guys. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. You can find all of our episodes on Podbean and on iTunes. Make sure you check out HuskerHype.com for all the latest Husker news. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week. And as always, go Big Red. Go Big Red!